Hello, hi. Attention, everyone. This is going to be a great show. And it's the choice of a new generation. Corrupting the minds and the hearts of our children. And now, broadcasting live from Music City, USA. From pop culture to sports, from music to movies. Brian, Dan, and Zach got you covered. Crack open your brain hole and get ready for After Dark Sports. Wait, what? Yeah, that, that doesn't sound right, man. I'm going to change it. So crack open your brain hole and get ready for sports after dark. You see, that sounds awesome. Here's your hosts of Sports After Dark, Brian, Zach, and Dan, whose last names I don't know because it wasn't in the email. And welcome back in to another edition, I believe episode 16 of After Dark Sports, Sports After Dark that show with the three guys that you love so much. I am Zach Williams, a.k.a. the Pecorine of broadcasting. Uh, not a local hero? Well, I guess so. Okay, Pecorine. I, it's, there's going to be a wave. Local it's hero. Gonna, it's going to start changing every day because right. I am I am a man of many things. All right, Dan Bradley, I'm just a simple data man who's just trying to make trying to make his wor- trying to make his way in my secure 9 to 5 world. I'm, <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> And I'm Brian Robertson, just uh, making Brian, my the ladies' well. man, Robertson. No, Stop it! Man. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. You know your nickname, sir. You have to deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. See, he Damn, he he's, he's 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 accepted his nine to five safe bubble. I have. A, this is yeah. my safe space. I just kind of yeah. But through, he's got a great know. weekend life compared to mine. I don't know, man. You sure? Yeah, I, I actually, hey, guess what? when I was six years old, man, I would have you know. I, I remember. Or I've told you guys the story. Like, we have actually writing the email saying. Dude, I would sell a kidney to do what you do for a living. You so, know what? You know, I don't. Yeah. don't I don't want to hear anything about y'all's weekends because y'all go out and hang out on the weekends without me, and that's cool. That's cool because I know I'm that working was the here. first time. Nah, you know what? One's too many, Brian. It hurts my heart. <laughs> my heart can. We my heart a couple can only break once. together before. Yeah, we've been to a couple. Oh, couple so it's that was before out. you even showed up. Yeah. Dan, Dan, and Brian, BFFs. Johnny come lately over here is hating on our bromance. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There on, it is. Man. Oh man, we're gonna hit up the FGL house without you. Son. Oh, good. Hey, <laughs> guess what? Take up all the seats. Don't care. Won't go. <laughs> I don't need to heart, see man. dudes in a in a uh, like their 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 customized boots that they got online and stuff that they've never seen. I'll roll in there with Birkenstocks. Man. You will anywhere I go. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You, I'm on team freedom. Today, sir. today is uh, what's today? Tuesday. Tuesday. You know it's hot. Man's got his Birkenstocks on. <laughs> oh, he comes with them on all the time. I don't need his. Yeah. I don't need a. I don't need a, a weather uh, weatherman at all. Whether it's in Pittsburgh either, but I don't need a weatherman at all because I can just look at the man's shoes. I know what Dan. I know what what it's like outside with Dan's shoes. You know what? Here's <laughs> here's my logic behind it, and I have like about no joke around 25 like button front short sleeve shirts i have no joke around like 25 to you are low-key uh five to 20 white crew necks and about six pairs of levi's 501s you are the uh uh there's a reason why oh what's 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 his name i watched a show on the office uh beers battlestar galactica what is his name are you talking about dwight you're dwight Schrute. You no. are you are low key the Dwight Schrute of WSR. I do have uh, I have three three different watches. I have three different pair or yeah three different pairs of glasses. You have a uniform. You have a uniform that you pretty there much you go. Captured. This is what I'm saying is that I don't have to worry about what I wear every day, at all. That is a good idea. Everything matches. You know, it's probably mm-hmm. it's probably blue and has stripes. He likes to be consistent. Well, it's you know it's yeah you know I just kind of became this after a while. And you're fine with you know and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I've kind of just, I always have dressed you know, yeah, like I'll sporty you, in a sense. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how this came <laughs> to be. Is that uh, 
Um, there was a time I was working for a uh, athletic store and, uh, the work uniform there was, you know, you want to wear something sporty, you know, wear like a sporty t-shirt and, you know, and khaki shorts, that's fine. I, you know, came out of the financial industry. I was doing warehouse work before this. I didn't own anything that was remotely sporty at the time because I had to, you know, pretty much sell off everything I had to move back to Tennessee. So I had to go to like the discount store down the road from where I worked to buy clothes to go to work in. <laughs> my, at a retail outlet did you not want to you didn't want to like buy stuff at the place you i couldn't afford it man we were selling brand new like nike where, and under armor stuff what was it no i ain't gonna say it i'm not right. gonna say the name they don't pay for it yeah they, exactly they don't pay, they for, don't it. pay for it <laughs> all right but uh you know I, I had no bad blood there or anything like that but it was just like i can't afford to buy our own you can't clothing. sell cleats and birkenstocks well I, at the time i was wearing <laughs> uh i was wearing like some old like new balance uh 993s that i'd owned for like five years i had no tread on the bottom of them at all my birkenstocks would have had more running tread on them i wish i wish i pray every night that i could i cannot like shoes as much as i do because i will spend i spend this paycheck <laughs> on <laughs> shoes every every week so, it, it's crazy i hate it so fast forward like a few years i own i would own like because I finally got it, you know, I would wait till like the Under Armour polo shirts went on sale. And I bought these, I wore the exact same four Under Armour polos for like about eight months. <laughs> you look like every uh, high school football coach assistant? No, I look like, uh, <laughs> I look like the guy at the golf course, you know, who's, you know, screaming at the background on the, you know, on the, you know, you the mad tiger, or, you know, or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like those guys. No, those are cops. Yeah. Hey, burn, take that, take that Tiger Woods with your DUI. Wow, I know. All right, that, it took a second, but <laughs> you got it now. Got there. See, it, it all, it all. That's the thing about After Dark. It'll always come back around. Coming up on this week's uh, episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals because someone in this town has to. Obviously, going to spend some time on the Predators. Talk a little bit of baseball too. The Houston Astros are laying waste to everybody right now. The Atlanta Braves have finally uh, determined that Bartolo Colon is not fit for service, or he pulled a fat or something. Which is it? Did he pull a fat? Uh, he probably pulled a fat. I mean, it was his left oblique or whatever. So that's that's definitely stomach reason. Sorry, as we're as we're recording this right now, you have ESPN they're, up. They're playing the finish call. They're playing. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing what Rene's amazing save that we'll talk about later. But it, it's, I love that moment. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was such a good moment. That was a. Spe- there was never more of a butthole pucker I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that was that was it. <laughs> so let's let's start with this here real quick. Is that. Oh hey, follow us on Twitter at After Dark Sports. Also, as we have that going on right now, and, I, and follow me at Zachariah W. At Brian Robson underscore at Dandy Bradley. So let's start with this here real quick. So the national media is absolutely gushing, gushing over the uh, the way that Nashville has been portrayed, and Nashville has came off on camera with between the big outdoor watch parties, the atmosphere in the arena, the chants, the noise, the everyone wearing gold catfish catfish just the uh, the amount of passion that's being displayed here by the city it, it's really something and you know what I, partially it's the national media's fault that it's being caught they're being completely caught by surprise because nashville had one national broadcast this year even with pk suban even with being predicted to win the stanley cup by electronic arts they only got one national broadcast we're supposed to have two but it got preempted and that was the opening night of the season the P.K. Subban's first game in Nashville. And after that, not a word. So now you're getting all these columnists, you know, from, you know, Canada, from the Northeast, and just being completely just in shock and in awe of, of the atmosphere in Nashville. And meanwhile, of course, here locally, it's the Predators, I mean, there's just more people paying attention to it, but it's been very similar game experience since 
2012. Yeah, this is this is normal for us. It's it's. I mean, we, it, we understand it. it. It's been ratcheted up more and more intense because you know they're getting further in the playoffs. They've never which will happen. Yeah, they've never made it out of the second round before, and here they are, and they're two wins away from you know the big silver chalice. So we're we're seeing, and I've noticed this about Pittsburgh more so than any other city. And I want to just kind of bounce this off you guys real quick. To me, Pittsburgh is the one like East Coast market that really holds on to that whole rural blue collar mentality. You know, because Pittsburgh, of course, you know, with the steel mills that are all rapidly closing and leaving the area since 1960, you've got, but it still holds on to that. It still holds on to the whole, like, this is a mountain river town, you know, where a bunch of people work in mills and in factories and we love our stillers and, you know, we're a tough town. <laughs> they get, I mean, it makes them uncomfortable when there's any place that's more blue collar than them. And I think that's part of the reason why there's a bit, there's more of a bitter rivalry with the Ravens than with the Bengals or the Browns. Yeah. Because, you know, Baltimore is, is that kind of crowd. Cleveland's very sim- Cleveland's similar, except, you know, everyone's leaving Cleveland and Cincinnati's just not that big enough, not big enough. But I was looking at uh, population statistics. Less than 300 or about, right around 300,000 people live in Pittsburgh proper these days. It's a city that's been shrinking since 1960. That's you know pretty damning, uh, but do you see do you see that inferiority complex coming out? I mean, because you're well, yeah, you see it on Twitter with uh, the guy, just their local media coming out, and I mean, uh, just, they, they're always complaining that oh, P- P- PPG Paints Arena is much louder than this when it's clearly not. It's not, and I mean, you they show the viewing parties, right? They showed it mm-hmm. when Pittsburgh was there. They showed the Pittsburgh viewing parties, and then they showed and the Nashville viewing parties, and it's like, yeah, one co- one camera's a whole lot closer than the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's obvious. And then the best is when they're coming out on Twitter. I th- I mean, you were on Johnny's show, obviously, Brian. Yeah. You heard what they were talking about. Uh, the meteorologist. Yeah, yeah, the weatherman there. And then, But I've seen on Twitter, the, and I think we probably all three seen him, uh, the guy took the picture and then said uh, – uh, you know, Washington and Ottawa had better showings that this isn't that great of a venue. <laughs> and and then, you know, you, you get the classic photo that will be embedded in Nashville history forever now. Whenever the Penguins, especially when the, even when the Steelers come to town, I'll probably will get it. The the two Pens fans here in Nashville, they're plugging their ears because they can't take the noise. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's like what we talked about last week before, what was it? That was before game two. We talked about last week about Martin Madden from... Oh yeah, yeah, and he was like all up about it and stuff like that. They're just butt hurt. That's why I say <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah, that's all they are. They don't like losing, and you know, and no, who likes losing? Of course, well, no I've, I've always losing. thought that. I've always thought that phrase is. I, don't, you, I get the impression you really don't like to lose. Who does? It's different. It's different. I think it's a different connotation than just that. The idea that like, oh, obviously you want to win, but I think there's you don't like losing, so you're gonna take it like a little titty baby. You know what I mean? You're just gonna you're just gonna sit there and bitch and moan because you know you you are not you don't think you have the loudest crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah. And another thing too, because I kind of looked this up during Johnny's show, and um, like before Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin even showed up, Pittsburgh was in dire straits. For a while, they almost moved out of Pittsburgh yeah. at one point, and they were bankrupt like twice. Nashville, ten years ago, it was only almost moved. It wasn't; they were never in any bankruptcy or anything like that. It was almost moved. The fans uh, rallied, kept the team here, local ownership, and look, ten years later, that ownership is rewarding the fans. By sticking to it, and now they're in the Stanley Cup final. I want to bring up a point here. You, you, I double checked these statistics earlier in the day, and you're right. About two, about ten years ago, 
Pittsburgh was very close to moving to either Kansas City or Hamilton, at, at, not quite to the level where Jim Balsilli, who was who overstepped his bounds and started taking ticket deposits in Hamilton, but Pittsburgh was was in this kind of trouble and nearly you know then declared bankruptcy two years after they drafted Sidney Crosby. No Keep, team's perfect. No team's perfect, but. Keep in mind, like you've already that after you draft the most, the highest touted prospect since Wayne Gretzky, and your and your people still aren't showing up. This they were the, still towards the bottom in attendance even with that. This is kind of the same argument that I've heard when I'm talking. Megan Barry coming out of such a you know loves the Preds and all that. Oh wait, she was oh yeah when she was part of Metro of Council exactly and all that. And you know what? Fight me, Megan. You, but you're she's a flip-flopper a poli- on the, on the important politi- issues, damn it. She's a politician. What do you expect? You're not wrong. Hey, <laughs> hey, you heard it here from Brian. You know what? At the time, though, uh, <laughs> keep in mind that the economic climate that, that was in where and Johnny and I talked a bit about this yesterday, that this was in a post-9-11 world where no one was spending money on entertainment compared to back in the 90s. And back in the 90s, man, you know, people were just shelling out money for entertainment like no tomorrow. She should have to come out like she sent out a she sent out a uh, mass like it's okay if your employee you know blank employee shows was up late, late or whatever she should have to come out and send an apology for trying to vote against the press. She, she I, hey, I won't like I said statement. she's a politician because it's the same thing even politicians the same do that. thing when she was on Metro Can- Council she voted to close the fairgrounds. <laughs> See she's the worst. Yeah, and now look, and now she she's really support, trying to she close supports, it. <laughs> no, she supports the fairgrounds. Oh, now, is she because that? it. Because that's what the, helps her voter base, and that's also the part of the uh, the idea behind the new MLS stadium. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking. Because, because, started on that, man. Yeah, yeah, because the fairgrounds is one of the sites. Ugh. Just yeah. just fix fix Nissan yeah. Stadium. <laughs> we've we've been talking about this for a while, um, but yeah, KDKA is the affiliate in Pittsburgh. It's a CBS affiliate. Uh, you got Rich Walsh kind of showing his ass with a uh, decibel meter during intros. Yeah, man. 106, degree, 106 decibels during intros is kind of impressive, um, but still not enough for him. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We think we need to change that sign from Smashville to Silentville. It was right after the uh, right after the Pittsburgh's first goal in Game 3. Uh, da, 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 da. And there was also the weather guy, which the weather guy was an absolute tool talking about. Uh, you have to – it's just blind lying. You know what I mean? Like you have to know – you're it, in the arena. You can hear the arena outside of the arena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. It, it, it honestly, it speaks to me of just. It's fear. made. It's made for noise. Literally, it, the best venue in the country for music. Obviously, it's gonna be the best venue. It was designed for as a concert venue that could host sporting events. It has a a low ceiling that's flat. That's just designed to trap everything in. It, architecturally, it's superior than any as far as acoustics go. I'm, I don't. I know there's some other venues have better sidelines, but do they look at each other when they when they tweet, when they tweet themselves? I'm and gonna they're like they're like I'm hey, gonna fire up those hillbillies. Yeah, watch this. That's, <laughs> that's what it's got to be. Oh, surprise! Another catfish. Like you know, they're they're all like. Bottom line is this: the Pittsburgh Penguins got their ass kicked in Nashville. They yeah. should have got their yeah. ass kicked in Nashville. You had, I mean, the best part you had cut a promo. You you had Nick Saban. Put on that Predator jersey, and what happened? Just like you said, they got on that blue and gold Harley, outscored them nine to two. Yeah, brother. <laughs> and after after Mister, you know, Rich Walsh, you know, made his you know made his spectacular tweet about more like Silentville. They got outscored nine to one. Yes, since hey, then. hey, brother, the Pittsburgh Penguins—they came down. We put them in hard times here in Nashville, brother. That's hard times, brother. <laughs> I see you, Pittsburgh, coming down here. They 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 jibber jabbing them, but the you know. I uh, got that. Got that. Got the uh, uh, top picks. You know, you got your, your Sidney Crosby. You got your Evgeny Malkin, and you got your uh, uh, Mark Andre Flores sitting on the bench with his little like Cohen brothers facial hair. Didn't matter. <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> didn't matter. I got 25 media men sitting back in a limousine waiting just to hear me go, woo. <laughs> I, you could see just that disdain in his face when James Neal scored that goal in game three. Oh, it was so good. Oh, my goodness. I don't think there's a better feeling, though, when an empty netter hits. That's no. that, There's nothing more stabs in the knife of, a, of the fan base. Because I know when it happened to us, when that empty netter hit against, Ping, yeah. against the Pittsburgh, I... I, I was like, oh, yeah. I think you even tweeted, well, giving up an empty netter with like three and a half minutes to go. Is and when you're down one or da- you know what I mean? When that's, you're down two and that empty netter well, goes in, oh, boy. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's one of the worst because even Pittsburgh la- last night, they were down three to one and then oh, win a faceoff that was in Nashville zone, get it over to Forsberg. He just chucks it down there and goes the, in the that's flip, gotta be like the worst the flip side is it's the best damn feeling when you're oh, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at that point you know you and won. everything yeah. else you're about to see is just garbage time which hey and you talk about garbage <laughs> time that first game here in nashville like how did i'm and i want you to really like uh, help me understand how did some players not get kicked out and be i mean be suspended for a game on that uh, well, side? didn't Conis get like he got called out a game three it was like 30 seconds left, yeah, and they just no, sent him straight to the locker that, room. They do that just to just to get everybody to disengage. You know, this is, uh, you know, no one's going to gain anything here by, you know, just scrumming it up afterwards. They'll do that just to settle everybody down. At the same time, though, it, it is, you know, it's a little meddlesome. Well, I know Nashville being a primary football town, in the NFL, anything like that happens, those players are suspended. Those players are fine. There's a big precedence after The difference it. is it's That's a lot easier to stop your momentum on grass compared to on ice. So naturally, you're going to use other players to stop your because you're never you never really have sure footing. And that's what I'm saying. I want I want somebody to explain this to to the Nashville fans that are for the Preds and all that. They don't understand. And I mean, you see all this stuff happening. They don't understand. They're, they're so used to having just touchy like you hit the quarterback just barely. There better be a damn flag thrown. But you know, they, when it comes to hockey, it's a, it's a little different. Well, I think the Preds fans because we all heard the stories like when hockey first started here, they had to put up like the rules and everything on the jumbotron. You can tell. Like, especially when everyone is standing up near the glass, everyone's yelling, like, when a player gets tripped up by another player's skate or stick, and everyone's calling for the trip. So, the yeah. they already know what should be a penalty. Oh, Someone taking possession of James Neal's stick and him not being able to use it, but yet James Neal gets a penalty shortly after. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. But what what's your over-under on uh, people that said, uh, oh, I didn't know, I, I didn't start watching hockey till now? Um, you know what I mean? I've heard it probably thirty times. I'd say about one in about here. I mean, uh, now who, what am I talking about? The entire population of Nashville Metropolitan Davidson County. All two hundred and eighty thousand households that were watching it last night. Uh, I'd say about probably one in five. That may have been their first exposure, as far as like people in Nashville. Yeah. Now, if we're going to expand it to the entire viewing area, probably closer to one in three. They're just now on this run picking it up. Yeah, I mean, you look at the ratings they're getting, which we'll talk about the ratings a little bit after the break. Uh, the, the ratings that are coming in are surpassing even Titans numbers. Plus the people that are in the stadium, plus the people that are outside of the stadium. <laughs> it's very impressive, and it's uh, we're going to look back at this time between like the the city exploding, the Predators on this run. We're going to look back at this time as when we're all old men at the bowling alley and remember <laughs> it fondly. You're listening to After Dark. More after this. Hey, 
That was the scene last night at Bridgestone Arena. You're listening to After Dark. It's Dan Bradley, Zach Williams, Brian Robertson here. So that was the call from uh, Finnish broadcaster. I'll have to look up his name here. Anti Anti Mackinen. Mackinen. Yeah, Rene was asked about it. He said, yeah, he sounds very fired up. Uh. (laughs) Ask me this, or answer me this. Who are you going to hear Black Skinhead play to the Icelandic call of Pecorine safe? That was Finish. Icelandic. Finish. Finish. Whatever. <laughs> who are you going to – hey, sorry, sorry to all my Iceland whatever fans. Scandinavians. 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 All, See, Scandinavians. There you go. all Scandinavians aren't created equal, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Scandinavians' lives matter. Um, but, no, I mean, where else are you going to find that? That's 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 a great well, piece of – I mean, there's a lot of emotion with Pekka when it comes to Finland. Um, he's one of the guys that uh, feel like that they've seen him with the national stage. They've seen him, you know, represent – he's always been kind of like the – kind of the hard luck champion when it comes to Finnish hockey. Um, you, know, you know, being under-supported for many years in Nashville, just kind of being the guy that drugged the Predators kicking and screaming into the playoffs. And now, as he's getting up there in age, we're starting to see, I mean, this is his, uh, this is his best shot. And so, uh, you can tell with that emotion, even though that you know none of us here are avid Finnish speakers, you can sense that emotion in that call. <laughs> this would be, I'm trying to, I'm trying to flip the roles here, say, there's an American in another country, an American broadcaster. Who would be the player that would be that would get, not Dennis Rodman in North Korea? No. <laughs> oh. uh, let's say if I was like a, if LeBron James went and started. Nah, because that's too. He would just say win. Max, when, uh, let's say if Max Bredos was calling a uh, was calling a Manchester United game, then Tim Howard was playing for them. Oh, okay. Because okay. you know he's an American guy who battled Tourette syndrome. Yeah. Or when uh, Ian Dark is so beloved, you know, in this country, and Ian Dark's almost an honorary American. When when he was calling a United States game, oh, which game was? It? I'm trying to remember. It was the t- 2010 World Cup. You're going with this, right? The 20. Oh yeah, the Landon Donovan goal. Yeah, the Landon Donovan goal. That's probably oh, what that goal. What that you're call, going with? That call was something else. That was okay. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, move on to the next bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, hey, that was good actually, night, folks. <laughs> that, that was a really good. One. But you could sense the emotion there that you know that there's there's a lot of you know a lot of Finnish emotions attached in with this guy, especially I, the making the stop on Crosby, who everybody in the world knows and in the hockey world knows. As an upcoming deal. broadcaster, play by play, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm hopes that I become a bigger one. And anyone else that's trying to do that, that's listening to this, they need to take note. That's how you need to broadcast. That kind of energy is what needed, I think, in an American broadcast. It's not done enough. No, I mean, you think you think Gus Johnson gets that's ridiculed. a TV broadcast, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think why not? Why 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 do we have such bland broadcasting? I think in America, everybody wants everybody to be professional, not be way out there. That's why, like what you were saying, Gus Johnson gets uh, ridiculed because he goes way over the top, and no one really likes that. <sighs> That's, that's, I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be so a much better. Because every country, when it comes to sports, they have different levels. Like down in Mexico or even in Spain, they always celebrate whenever a goal is scored. Well, it doesn't who matter doesn't who celebrate when a goal scores? Well, I'm talking about on, like, um, in broadcasting. I'm not talking about in like in the stadium. That's different. But that even if you listen to Mexican broadcasting, that is. That has the same kind of energy. Yeah, it does. What we just heard. It does. But I, that's why, and that was my point. It's like every country has their own standards. And that's my when whole it comes thing. To that. That's my whole thing. I, and just, and once again, this is me trying to be my own professional advice to myself. Is I think you're you're painting a picture, whether it's radio or TV. You're you're putting whoever's watching or listening into that excitement. You got to exude what is happening on the screen. 
And you got Well, Mike Emery doesn't really do that. Mike Emery could. Well, you know what? He, he'll he'll get excited when a score like when Crosby beat uh, Pekka on that first breakaway. Oh, they yeah. He stops gushing about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he, yeah, he says like Crosby breakaway, and then he scores, and then he goes to complete silence to let the crowd really he lets take it breathe. It in. Yeah. <sighs> See, I See he. That's when he gets his excitement in. Then he lets. Like what Dan was saying, like he just breathe. touches it. He just touches it. I don't. I that's don't. why. That's why Doc Emmerich's one of the best. Uh, I think you guys just touched on it. Color commentators. Yeah. In the United States, we rely heavily on color commentators to paint to help paint the picture of what happened and how it happened. Whereas you know overseas, it's much more on the uh, much more on the uh, color or the, much more on the play by play guy to give you everything. I mean, you you barely heard the uh, color commentator there until yeah, I well after like play stopped. Yeah, he said like one word. You know, it he was... said like one word. Well, I mean, because they're... that's the same thing like in, in soccer. Because I like watching the Premier League on <laughs> NBC, and you always hear like Arlo White. He's calling everything, and then the only time you hear his uh, color guy is when there's a stoppage in play, and that's Correct. about it. Hmm. I mean, it's no secret, right, that hockey media coverage is not good, right? Mm, well, because it's kind of cornered by well, the Canadian I, some, markets. Something got in my head that happened last night. Uh, d- did y'all watch the interview? I think it was during the first intermission with Carrie Underwood that they had. I saw it, but I didn't actually watch about the, it. Uh, the, the NBC broadcast. Okay, NBC okay this, broadcast. Was, this was a bizarre broadcast from NBC standpoint because they're bringing in guys like Charles Barkley. They brought in Carrie Underwood. It felt like this, and even the pregame show, they were bringing in the uh, like their golf channel analyst. Yeah, it was it was almost like a variety show. I, who, I saw Mike Tirico. He was on the NHL Live. Yeah, who's yeah. the who's the middle guy that stands on that? I can't remember his name. Liam McHugh. There's him. Now he Are he's you talking the, about he's the, talking about Mike Milbury. Milbury. Everybody yeah. hates oh, Milbury. Man, I really don't. Because he guy. said something last night that okay, we're gonna go back to game three now. The Preds winning. What happens when the Preds win? What happens right after the Preds win? What is what's what's going on in the stadium? Bedlam, uh, towels being flung on the ice. Uh, More specifically, production. Music. Oh, lights, camera, yeah. and uh, the, the song. The, There's a song that they play all the time. All I do is win. There you yeah. go. And Carrie Underwood posted a video on mm-hmm. Instagram with the, all you could do is yeah. well, you know after they won. Mm-hmm. And then that guy asked her, said, "Okay, what kind of music are you gonna have queued up for tonight? Whenever, whenever uh, the Preds win, tonight, if the Preds win tonight." Same thing we always do. And well, yeah. that's what she had to say. She kind of looked at him like, "Well, they they always play. All all I do is win because that's what they play with it." And they had no idea that that was something that goes on all the time. Well, since Mike Milbury, he had, he has more fun going into stands and beating people up with shoes, so uh, that's why he doesn't really pay attention. And that's what I'm getting at. The idea that <laughs> we're looking at we're looking at a pop culture expert. I mean, I take me who's like this pop culture curmudgeon. Except add whoa, more, whoa, 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 whoa! You're not add, gonna say curmudgeon and just skip past it. And then <laughs> add more age and add more of a history of violence and a history of just you know bad plans and bad ideas. And that's Mike Milbury. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying because it's it's also happening that now you're starting to see all these media people saying, "Hey, whoa, there's great energy at, at the Preds. It took them getting to the Stanley Cup." For anybody to understand that, that even you can go on a Thursday night on their college night, and it's still and it's the exact same. It's thing. It's the exact same it's thing, and it's it. almost Maybe. as filled up. It's almost as there's filled a little up. bit less gold in the arena. You're getting some people that are going to their first games, but nowadays, I mean, you've got stories of people paying thirty thousand dollars for a set of three tickets on the glass for Game Six. Oh, it's crazy. We got to talk about this guy. So, um, 
I, I'm a I'm a rampant capitalist. All right, I love the idea of you know of, of I love savings the money. So you're the, you're the <laughs> you're the you're Mr. Krabs. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> that's cool. All right, great. So uh, local hero here uh, ran up an $1,100 bar tab at Rippy's, which for those who are listening out of town, Rippy's is at the corner of Fifth and Broadway, across the street from the arena, right next to the stage where the uh, viewing party was going on, and. Uh, Ran up a tab of eleven hundred dollars, eleven hundred twenty-seven dollars and twenty-five cents. That includes nine hundred thirty-two dollars before tax and a hundred and sixty-nine dollar tip. Good job, good job, good job. Oh, yeah, so the, break this down here real quick. Ninety-three Coors Lights. Now, how long was he there? You said the ticket, according to the top of this right here, uh, started at eleven oh six a.m. So right proving- when they open. So thus proving, if you don't drink in the morning, you can't drink all day. And damn it, this guy drank all day. 93 Coors Lights, 10 Miller Lights, 10 Bud Lights, a T-shirt, sampler platter, <laughs> cheeseburger, chicken fingers, sauce and cheese platter, nachos with pulled pork on them, pulled pork sandwich, five Vegas bombs. Hold oh, on. Love Vegas bombs. Yeah. Um, those, those are 10 bucks a pop, sir. A $7 <laughs> Blue Moon. That's the thing. A seven dollar Yazoo. That's hey. There's hey. If there's anything else that a Pittsburgh or any other non-local media learns, drink prices in Nashville high. Downtown, <laughs> yes, because you're coming here to drink, and we know it. <laughs> uh, chips and queso, a Yazoo pail, and uh, eight uh, shots of Patron Silver. Oh, so he has money. Here's the thing, right here is well, <laughs> the, again, the tab here is eleven hundred dollars. Now I'm I'm not not stupid. including tip. I'm pretty sure this no that eleven hundred dollars is including the tip. Oh, that could that include wow. yeah, hundred sixty nine dollar tip. Here's the thing is that this guy probably could have paid just around the same amount of money if he was you know waited till the very last minute, got inside the building, and had probably about as good of a time. But you know this guy instead. Him and his buddy spent, you know, split, you know, eleven hundred dollars worth of food, booze, make a bunch of friends, are there for better part of ten hours on bar stools at Rippy's, get to watch the game, you know, get to be part of it. I think they came out ahead on this. Yeah, I mean they <laughs> did. I, why? Why is it the Nashville so much more expensive? Well, because of they're offering. We're still growing, and there's there you have a lot of demand. Yeah. Well, I'm talking lot, about for the tickets. I'm not talking about of, for tickets. Exactly. Well, you, you have a lot of demand for the tickets. And there's not a whole lot coming out to the secondary market. Is this the is is this the last time we'll see this? No. This team. I mean, from, will it be as much like if the Preds go on a tear and they're constantly winning Stanley Cups? Do we start seeing it kind of? You know, I mean, that's probably the issue with probably with, a little, but that's not the issue much. With Pittsburgh. I mean, it is six hundred dollars cheaper right now to go to Pittsburgh because you've, to you've seen it and done it. This is a first time. This is a historical moment. This is, you know, all those things. And these are people, like I said, so many people coming out and say, I've never watched hockey. Eventually, they're like, oh, we'll just have parties at our house and say, you know, we'll when watch Philadelphia went to the uh, Super Bowl, that was in Jacksonville against the Patriots. They were heavy, heavy underdogs. 50, it was estimated 50,000 people from Philadelphia came to Jacksonville, most of them without tickets, trying to get in. Because Philadelphia, you know, the Eagles are, you know, we don't see them in the Super Bowl too often. They only made one other Super Bowl. Yep, they lost that one too. Um, that's not a shot at Philadelphia or anything that, like that. Right that, now, that right now, was though. That allies. was though. <laughs> I mean, just, just anybody just, with a P. Nah, he was just, <laughs> fa- just stating facts. That's just what he's illustrating doing. the fact that you know the right now the you know the Predators are been the, right now are closer than any other Nashville team outside of uh, Vanderbilt baseball. If you want to count, you know, college in the same pantheon here uh, to winning a title for the state of Tennessee. Yeah. That's I mean, what it's I'm the saying. first time for the mid for the fifty-two years. The South, if you want to, you know, 
count Atlanta there. There's only been one professional sports title for this entire region. Yeah. I mean, if you're counting the southeast outside of Florida and the Saints. In Tennessee, it's been yeah. 52 years without winning a professional championship. Well, you've only had professional sports for less than 20 years. Well, going back from when the Grizzlies. Going back to their, like, their way back when. They didn't even win <laughs> the then. Grizzlies were in Vancouver at that time. That's what I'm saying. Like, it I'm goes besides, back that far. Besides, the Grizzlies are not that old. They only started in 95. Yeah, but and they moved to. How could you forget Memphis this country by reef, sir? <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's what I'm saying. They they haven't like. I mean, th- that's what I'm saying. It's, are you talking it's about their so West, big? Are you talking about their Western Conference final run? Yeah, well, I mean, they, even then ago. though, because then you could say the Titans, you know, and they that doesn't count though. I don't I don't yeah. think any of that counts because it's not a championship, and that's how I think if the Preds win, yeah, it'll be crazy when it happens this time. I don't think it's going to be as crazy. No, down the, road. the first time is always the one that sticks with you. It doesn't I matter. Can say that about it a lot doesn't of matter in my life. exactly. <laughs> you could say that about a lot of things, but you know, you never forget your first. First time I got drunk in Chattanooga, I ended up in a toilet <laughs> <laughs> in a bar, and I wasn't throwing. Talk about my trip to Chattanooga another time. So. <laughs> I mean, not not quite. go mocks. <laughs> I'm always down. So, just, circling back to this guy here, I mean, I, I could totally. I mean, you're. The price ticket prices, you know, the cheapest get in price for this up for um, oh I had it up here earlier. Uh, our, I get uh, says through SB Nation, I get all these different types of like ticket alerts, and like there's like five or six different ticket analytics sites like Ticket IQ, StubHub, and they always send me emails saying, "Hello, Daniel. I hope you're aware that the Predators right now are having historic ticket prices." So uh, Ticket IQ sends out this uh, press release earlier today. Uh, t- game five in Pittsburgh, the cheapest available get in price was six oh five. And then after game of four, it's down to two twenty. That's so cheap. Game five. What's yeah. game six? Um, game six in Nashville. It's got to be three grand. Uh, Fourteen eighty-eight is right now the cheapest to get in price at the time of this. So they did the math on this through Priceline.com. You can fly to Pittsburgh round trip six hundred and nine dollars. You can get in for two twenty at the time of when they sent this out. This is the part that really gets me. The cost of a one night, two and a half star hotel in Pittsburgh, fifty bucks, <laughs> according to Priceline.com. I mean, we all have different definitions of what a two and a half star is, but still, if you're staying at like the Holiday Inn, okay, great. So you're still going to the game. Who cares? Eight seventy nine is their figure here. I'm sure that's not including uh, transportation to and from the airport. So let's round up and say, eh, right around a thousand bucks if you're going to count in beers and and Uber. Versus 1488, the cheapest get-in price in Nashville Whoa, in the resale market. Almost 200 dollars for Uber and <laughs> beers. What kind of well, night are you about having? About 120 bucks. Uh, Uber tips, beers, Permanente okay, Brothers. Yeah, I guess you can get going there. Yeah, bail. So yeah. <laughs> so coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about the other playoff series going on. The one that Charles Barkley is not looking Yawn. forward to talking about. It, it's a story. Imagine like a really crummy TV show where you're expecting everyone to get murdered at the end of it. And it's just dragging on at this point. Dragging on is the key word for this, man. It it feels like we started this NBA season three years ago. Very true. But someone in this market has to do it, and we're going to forge ahead. You're listening to After Dark. So you were in the uh, locker room post-game, right? Yes. Excuse me, sir. Did you smell marijuana? Is that a serious question in California? (laughs) Because I had somebody walk up to the street and say hello to me the other day in San Francisco and he had a roach. I'm not used to that, you know? Um, It's legal, brother. There was a smell of of marijuana in the Cavs locker room, but there are two doors to that locker room, and there were three times as much media there. 
So it could be the media. dudes hanging around the finals, is what I'm going to say. I did smell marijuana, but I have no idea where it came from. Are you hearing? <laughs> Brian Windhorst there for ESPN. I hate that guy. I, I don't mind Wendy. He's terrible. <laughs> he looks like a snitch. You know what? He looks like after the cameras went off, he was like, oh, actually, I saw J.R. Yeah, it was, he was, it, I was about to say it's totally J.R. Smith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're listening to After Dark. It's Zach, Brian, and Dan here. Follow us on Twitter at After Dark Sports and uh, follow all of our personal ones at Zachariah W. At Brian Robertson underscore. At Dan D. Bradley. So the Warriors are up 2-0 in the series. They've looked like the more dominant team. And I'm listening actually to LeBron's press conference yesterday. The Cleveland station, 8.50 a.m. out of Cleveland, is a lot of fun to listen to. Um, they have some really good program. I really like Tony Rizzo. Um but he, they're listening to the press conference, and Rizzo's being this ultimate optimist. You know, it sounds like they're going to go back to Cleveland, and they're going to take care of business. I fully believe in LeBron when he said that. And his producer's like, this guy just sounds resigned to his fate. <laughs> and I see, I hear it too. Like LeBron's saying, you know, like, you know what, we're out there playing the best we can, and we can't be disappointed in that. From from the, some of the basketball coverage we've had in this local area that I've heard and other stations, our station even too, uh, it – are, does everybody forget? I mean, they're writing, they're writing the Cavs off. One, the Cavs were here yes, this last year. They were in the exact and same spot. And two years ago. And two years ago, which that one didn't end up too, too well for them. But, yeah, because they, they were actually leading 2-1. to one But look ago. look into your own home. The Preds were like this, <laughs> getting yeah. blown out. I mean, yeah, I mean on the scoreboard, which that's what counts. I don't care what they did on the ice and, you know, maybe they were leading power stats and all that. They weren't leading the one it was. And then watch the Preds come back. It, the Cavs can come back. There's Basketball no- is much more of a science experiment, though, where it's a you, if you mix these chemicals together, you know, this is what you get. Mostly this is what you get. And you know who's Chemical X going to the Powerpuff Girls? LeBron James. So LeBron is just going to like, you know, it's going to be like underdog where he takes the magic red energy pill, which, you know, probably meth. <laughs> underdog, we have some questions, bro. That looks like Sudafed and, you know, looks like some high-grade Sudafed at that. Think about this. Who just, is, who, and just he, mor- he morphs up in Cleveland and just takes over the show. Is that what you're expecting? Oh, no. I expect I expect the Cavs to finally start playing. I, mean, I so don't at, think so. They're like a bunch of individuals Kyle Korver, he, you, you know that guy can shoot. He hasn't shown up at all. J.R. Smith, another guy you know who can shoot. He hasn't shown up at all. These are a lot Tristan of one-dimensional players, though, that Cleveland but has. But they haven't been playing, and they haven't been playing well. Is what I'm getting at, and once they start playing well together, you're gonna see you're gonna see the team be different. It's not like the Cavs aren't keeping it close. They they keep it close to what the the end of the third to the fourth, and then the Warriors just shift into fifth gear in the third period and just run away with it. And that's what happens. But it's not like these games aren't close. If if those players start adding in points, if the bench starts getting in some points, I mean you're gonna start seeing a different team. Yeah, but here's the difference between the Warriors and the Cavaliers. Granted, I haven't hardly watched any of this stuff like I promised I wouldn't. Whenever one of the star players for the Warriors has a bad night, because didn't like Clay Thompson have a bad game one or Clay whatever? He hasn't had a good game yet. Yeah, or yeah. yet? Well, guess who stepped up? It's uh, Durant and Curry. So, like, if one of those guys have a bad night, oh, heck, okay, the but what you're talking about, up. you're making it seem like those guys are like gods or something. They bleed the same blood that the other team. On well, the I know that, but that's the difference between Cleveland and Golden State. Golden but State, they have more men. players who can step up while Cleveland doesn't. The, yeah, you they said, are who we thought they were. Yeah, that's what we you let said. Them off the hook. <laughs> that's what's happening right now. The Cavs have the power to to take on this team. It's just once they start here's, coagulating. Here's why I, I throw the challenge flag on your on your claims there. Bring it on at me, Warriors fans. All right, Clay Thompson right now is probably one of the best guard, best uh, defensive two guards 
around. They can double-team Kyrie pretty easily. He can get back in a position. Curry's not bad defensively either. He's not big, but he's pretty good defensively. The Cleveland offense depends on two guys. He depends on Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. And Kyrie Irving's the guy who brings the ball up the court. With all the one-dimensional players they have, they have Korver, Tristan Thompson as their, you know, as their center when they want to play big. They can just shift Love up and move LeBron into the stretch three position. I don't like their chances of, of just creating offense consistently to keep up with Golden State. Golden State doesn't have to stop you every time. They just got to stop you, you know, four out of five times, and that's enough for them. Because nine out of ten times, they're scoring on the other side. And that's the thing. I mean, J.R. Smith can play defense when he gets out there. He, he's he's a quick-moving player. He knows how shooters are. He knows the mindset of a shooter. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you, I mean, and Kyrie has not shown up either this 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 whole right. this to, whole run. To this point, Kyrie Irving, I think there must be something bothering him because he's not, he's not playing up to par right now. Durant has gotten the better of LeBron, and that's just – that's tough to say. But, you know, it's things that you've seen that's happened in the first two games of Kevin is going to drive in, and then you have Curry on one side on a wing, and then you have on the other wing you have uh, uh, Clay or or who even Draymond even. I mean, it's – it's who. what are you supposed to do when There's you're LeBron so in the middle? Space. Do you stay in or do you have to cover out? Because you have to worry about that. But that's because LeBron is one player. He can't – I mean, there was a time – before the game, there was – it was the whole discussion with the Warriors that there's only one ball. One ball, four players won't matter. No, because LeBron's one player playing only the best ball that he can, but he has nobody else around him. That's oh. what's happening. But once those guys show up and start playing, you'll see – I think – I think I think when they get back to Cat, uh, Cleveland, you'll see how the Preds – how the Preds came back to Nashville. You're going to see the same situation. And every single round of the playoffs, Kevin Durant has stepped up further and further each time. Against uh, Portland, he's averaging around 21 a game. You know, it's Portland. You know, you don't even have to – you only showed it. You only played two games in that series anyways. But against Utah, you know, Rudy Gobert have some bigger players. He still managed 20, uh, just under 25 a game. Against San Antonio against LaMarcus Aldridge with Kawhi Leonard still guarding around uh, – with guarding their shooters, 28 a game. This series against Cleveland so far, the two games – Averaging 35 a game. He had 38 and, or, and 41 minutes. Sorry. He wants to be MVP. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people have this weird idea that Durant is like, just because he was in Thunder uniform for so long, he wasn't a good player until he got to the Warriors. I, I don't understand. Go back to when the Heat played the Thunder. No. In, he, in he, the was, finals, he, he was, was averaging pl- 30 points a game yeah, then. He, he's still a good player. He's one of the best players in the league, but I think he got tired of Russell Westbrook, and that's why he left. Oh, well, Russell Westbrook's a cancer-damning team. That's a whole And plus, topic. he wanted to win a title because he wasn't going to win one in Oklahoma City. But and, Westbrook's whole game, they need, that lineup needed a shooter badly because Westbrook's whole game is driving to the net and then causing the defense to collapse around him. With That forces Kevin Durant to shoot high, low-percentage shots, shoot a lot of three-pointers, and shoot from the outside. Durant wants to drive. And now we're seeing he's been an offense right now in Golden State that stretches the floor, spreads the defense thin, and he's a six foot eleven guy that can drive on anybody. Yeah, Durant's a hell of a player, and I I don't understand. It's like it's coming out that like oh Durant Durant's fine. I've heard I've heard this. I don't believe it, but coming out is Durant's taking the reign from LeBron now as the top dog in the NBA, which I don't believe. Mm. But I mean, a lot of people don't understand. It's like they're like shocked that Durant's good at basketball. It's like, yeah, this kid was good in Texas. I mean, he was a good. Should have been the number one pick, but Portland was stupid. <laughs> Portland, Portland shit <laughs> oh the bed twice. Yes. Didn't they? Didn't they? They missed up on Kobe. No, they messed up on Michael. No, oh Michael, that's what it is. Yeah, they went yeah. with uh, what's yeah. his name. Uh, from Kentucky, Sam Bowie? Sam Bowie, yeah, and then you have the Greg Oden who looks like they a got grandfather. Greta, yeah, 
old 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 uh, old glass knees. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he wasn't even that good in college and like oh he's the number one pick. Oh Mike Conley made him look great. <laughs> well, you know, that's what it's just weird how many people are coming out and thinking like yeah, Golden State's good at home. They they've proved that so many times. But who else is good at home? Cleveland. And so, I mean, I think I think we'll see that. Again. It's tonight, right? Is it tonight or is no, it next tomorrow week? Night. Tomorrow night. Man, I swear it's next week. It's got to be next week. I don't. I don't. It, this game's taking. Hey, game four could be after uh, game seven of the Stanley Cup final. I think it was legit two years since the last the, since the conference finals, and then the, the actual this final is a, started. This is another reason we can kind of branch this off instead of talking about the NBA finals. Like how bad the <laughs> NBA. Brian will do anything. He will do anything to not talk about this. He, well, I was trying to expand on the NBA talk, and um, Johnny he talked about this that the NBA is probably in trouble. But by the way, everything is set up right now. It's a two team league. Everybody knows it. Spurs can make an argument. But can yeah. make an argument, but it's not going to win right it's now. It's not going to win right now. <laughs> but like. This entire season, ever since Kevin Durant signed with uh, the Warriors last summer, everybody was expecting Warriors, Cavs, Part Three. So, every, so the entire season, even the first three rounds of the playoffs were like useless because we already know who's going to play. It was a sim. Yeah. So, like, so you're saying the competitiveness is gone, pretty much. Yes, that's because the, pretty much because the only other team. That is actually trying to build a team is Boston. This hap- I don't understand. Philadelphia. Is a, this is, is another- trying really hard to tank their way to a team. Yeah, no, no. It's it's this happens. I don't understand it. Why do you, why does everybody have amnesia through the NBA history? This was the Boston and uh Lakers in the eighties. That's all that played. Yeah, but they still had they still had to go through tough teams. No, it was never t- okay. What so you're saying that the Jazz this year wasn't a tough t- even the Spurs you could say the Spurs they had they had game one locked up until Kawhi got went down and that was a fact yeah the Spurs I mean we're we're kind of shoveling dirt on the Spurs here but the Spurs are going to rebuild quite a bit I mean you have Tony Parker who's you know you have Ginobili's contract coming to an end Parker's on his last legs I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Parker retires at the end of this year or, oh yeah I, I think I, I mean can see it. I'm, there's rumors of Chris Paul there's heavy rumors of Chris Paul going to San Antonio and Jimmy Butler's out there. Jimmy Butler's wanting to leave the Bulls, and I mean, I think he'll end up with the Cavs. That's a stupid move if you're Chicago. You don't trade Jimmy Butler. Uh, and you've got Gordon Hayward. He's like rumored to go to Boston. What up? Of course, Boston wants the and white like, guy who can shoot. And like Griffin's and, wanting out. And uh, Paul George probably going to the Lakers and all that. I mean, here's how upset and Lonzo would you be? Ball. Whatever team he goes to, is automatically uh, going to be a championship. Because we're team. already here's the thing: is that we we. But when you talk about Lonzo, you're talking about LeVar. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. Oh, about. yeah. We're not going to talk about it. You ain't a big baller, Brian. So we, <laughs> He can stick that ball up his rear end. That's what he can do with it. <laughs> we, we, had a, we just had a very – I'm looking at the time here because we've, we've spent our allotted time on the NBA Finals. This is here. the most NBA talk that's happened in Nashville since the Predators started the Finals. Here's <laughs> – I mean, we we spent a, we spent you know some time pretty in depth about basketball, talking about positions and switching and all that and, and matchups. How mad would you be on a scale of one to ten, or just just to the point where you just rage quit the NBA of ever talking about it again? If let's say the Cavaliers lose, LeBron looks around and says, "All right, well we got man, this is a mess. I'm gonna go back to Miami." LeBron goes back to Miami and they grab guys like Chris Paul and they just try they try to build another super team in Miami. How bad would that be for the game? Would you even want to talk about basketball at that point? Uh, no, because it seemed like the NBA had a hand in it. To Man, me, that would because be great, that's though. what they Why all does, do. That's news. That new that that headline writes itself. You know what I mean? Like that's mm. the that's news all Why day. Why do you think? Uh, I'm trying to remember when. 
the Chris NBA Paul did have a hand. To... No, it's like the NBA did have a hand when uh, Chris Paul of the Lakers. Yeah, David they Stern, had a hand right? in. They had a hand in that. Yeah, they did, and they blocked it. They blocked they, it from happening. Yeah, but uh, that was a different regime. Adam Silver's a Adam Silver guy. is still part of that regime. No, he, but he, he wasn't was the head guy. David it Stern's was, understudy. Stern was the guy that blocked it, though. Stern had the power. Silver didn't have it then. Now he, I think, I think he saw the lashback from so many people that got upset because that didn't happen. Then he was like, I, yeah, oh, hell, all, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, because the only crazy achievement Adam Silver has done so far is uh, take away the Clippers from Donald Sterling. He is doing anything he can not to be like Roger Goodell. He doesn't want the fanship to hate him just like everyone. Why do you think no one likes the NBA and the ratings are down this year? Because it's run by the players. There is no, like... It's become boxing. Yes. It feels like there's no look organization at, looking out no for the long term for it. You look at the NFL, though, it's the same way. No, the owners. No, the, the owners, owners have are, complete control of that. Granted, there's like. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm saying though, it's the, it's the it's the adverse. They're doing the adverse of what the NBA does, but it's the same. It's the same. Uh, it's the same like end result. The the viewership's still going down. It's still oversaturated. No, actually, viewing went up after the election. Ratings for went the, up NFL. the NFL for the season. They were down as a whole. They were down yeah, as a whole, but do a week by week analysis. They were going up right after the election, and then the Super Bowl had what another record rating again. Well, yeah. so that'll always that's Super Bowl. It's different. I mean, that's different. I, I'm circling back here and closing the book on this. The I don't have a problem with anticipation. Like I know that. I mean, it was kind of cool seeing the rematch of the national title game for football this past year with Alabama and Clemson because we knew that right now these are the two best programs in college football. I'm okay with Ohio State being good. All right, I know they're going to be good. That's fine. I don't like Urban Meyer. He looks like a rat, but whatever. There's there's nothing wrong with anticipation. Predictability, though, is a problem. And I feel like with the NBA, the moment that Kawhi Leonard got hurt, you could have just auto-simmed to this point. And the fact that right now, it feels like that certain that certain games NBA players really don't even try to win. And that's that's the part that it felt that that during the series during the uh, the Cavs Celtics series I got that vibe. You don't see it in hockey, and I think that's one of the reason why the, the hockey ratings right now are up to over twenty three percent jump from last year to this year. The the, the Predators and the uh, Penguins are drawing better ratings than the Rangers and the Kings did. Well, because it's the LA Ping- and New York. Who was the number one hockey team? Going into the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, Chicago. Chicago. It was Chicago. Where like, do the pins fall in that? Are you talking about? Are you talking about viewership? Or are you rankings. talking about uh, like, rankings? Uh, Washington. Power probably like Washington. Number, yeah, Washington is number one. Chicago is like ten. I think Pittsburgh was like three. And then the yeah. Preds were dead 16. last. Sixteen. Preds were the worst team. So that's so you have something to be like. Hey, there's an underdog. There's a story going on here. You know, it's not the same with basketball. It's okay. not the same with football. It's not I just think people are, are using the remote control and finding something different. I, but okay, I mean, yeah, we can criticize how there's in basketball. There's only two. How do you fix it? Hey, you guys have to separate. You get rid of one and done. I think and, you're right on that. And there is like and some Adam mulling. Silver wants to yeah. wants to get rid of it too. I, I think, think you're that right will, on that. because that will also help college basketball as well. Yeah, you can't you can't cheer for it's it's literally becoming. I have to cheer for the mascot because that's the only relevant person that stays on the team. Pretty much teams okay. like Portland, like we just talked about, that can't draft a, the right player during a one and done. You have teams like Philadelphia that are getting all the good one and done players and they're just letting them incubate. Yeah. And they're and I mean if they're I would be would not be surprised if Lonzo Ball falls to the Sixers and they're winning a title within five years. Because you can't you can't sit there with Sir, Okafor, you just said Lonzo Simmons. Ball's gonna win a title. Come yes on. I did. Oh my gosh. I felt I'm gonna wash my there's hands a, later. There's a white hot take that's going in the toilet. There you go. You can <laughs> you can you can go and save that for freezing cold takes. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we're gonna close the book on the uh, Predators, get our final words in for that, and also five tough questions. 
And we're going to talk baseball, and Zach's going to smile. You're listening to After Dark. It makes it easier, easier to Sports After Dark. I'm Brian Robertson along with uh, Zach Williams and Dan Bradley. Follow us on Twitter at After Dark Sports. You can also follow us on our personal accounts as well. I'm at Brian Robertson underscore. At Zachariah W. At Dan D. Bradley. All right. We're going to talk uh, what we're going to talk about. A little baseball here. Baseball. So right right now uh, the Houston Astros are playing the Royals. I don't know what they're doing is sustainable. They have a 14-game lead in the AL West right now. We expected the West to be fairly good with the Mariners making a late surge last year. The Angels have a, you know, they got Trout, they got Pujols. They shouldn't be bad. But for some reason, since the Pujols has came there, what have the Angels done? Well, they spent a ton of money on C.J. Wilson, and look where that oh, ended geez. up. Oh, jeez. Who thought that was going to be a smart move? <laughs> Who thought that was going to be a smart move? Astros are a really good team. I mean, uh, the year the Royals won – the uh, World Series, we played the Astros in the, uh, yeah, be the Royals. Yeah. <laughs> I, sir, I know I know. there's those people that say we and they act like we get paid. I, I've even said yeah. I hate those people. We. Yeah, because they have, <laughs> because Johnny, he likes to give, I like to give, uh, let me get say this correctly. He likes me to find some stories that he can talk about in the show. And I thought, well, Astros are a pretty good story right now. They're on an 11-game winning streak at this point. And they have what the best record in baseball at forty two and sixteen. I wrote a question: Are they this year's version of the Cubs from last year? Because that's the way they're playing. I think that's a fair question. Right now, they have a uh, nearly a seven fifty winning percentage. They're at seven two four at this point. They're they're really a well rounded team. You know, when like I said, when they play the Royals, and that was when that team was young, younger to a extent. They were giving the Royals a lot of trouble. And uh, that was when the Royals had their – they had already won the division. They hadn't played a little bit. And then they played this red-hot Astros team that snuck in because that's what it was. They were the wild card. That's how they got in. And they snuck in against the Royals. And, and they all – I mean, it was it was a close game. It was a close series in itself. It wasn't like that Orioles-Royals series. And that's a team that can win. If they're winning with pitching, <laughs> they do have the, the, they have the pitching really to go with anybody in that division. So you know they're going to win the West. That's just That's period, point blank. Texas isn't catching them. No one's going to catch them at this point. That ballpark, though, if they, you know, they have the power game to to play in that park. It's deep, man. And plus, they changed. They, they play. They changed Minute Maid Park a little bit. They like, got rid of Towns Hill. Get, yeah, yeah, they got rid of the hill, so it's kind of like that was one of the weird things because uh, my brother he bought like the new baseball game like when it first came out, and he was playing the Astros. It was like, I don't really, I don't remember that wall being that close, the, mm-hmm. like the batter's eye. And I was like, well, they made changes this year. He's like, oh, they did. It's crazy. It was like, what, you four, say that it was like four thirty or something. It at the was very, like the, at the point. like the deepest yeah. points but, in but baseball. But to left field, it was three fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the crawfish boxes. I think that's why the longest baseball game in history was done there, because it was just that left field was just kept getting peppered. Yeah, that left field wall, because the way they built on top of the train station, that left field wall had to be very short, and that's where the the retractable roof track is. They stole that from the lookouts in Chattanooga. What's that? The choo-choo train. No, they actually built it on top of Union Station in downtown Houston. Yeah. Doesn't every city have a Union Station? Uh, just Because I know Nashville has one that's not. It's like a museum now. 
Yeah, now museum and a hotel. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, like what, 40, 50 years ago, 60? Everywhere you had to get, get trains was this everywhere. was Texas, Texas too. You know, this was it's, trains it, had to go by. I mean, know, so everywhere had to have a train station. I mean, well, you're the, talking about like a hundred years ago. Not yeah, before 60. before everyone in Texas ago, really? had an extended cab with rust, and you know, you could <laughs> it took a four day ride from Houston to Austin. How do you think? How do they think? How do you think they got like equipment and stuff around? They didn't have eighteen wheelers until like what the the seventies. No, they've had trucks for they've had a long trucks, time. but I don't know if they had fifties. Fifties. Yeah, so. Going. Screw you, Brian. <laughs> Screw me. <laughs> yeah, there are so. Where's many, my pin? There's going to be so many teams this year at the trade deadline in baseball. There are teams like the Astros. You know, the O's could use pitching if they're still in wild card contention at that point. I think the Yankees are going to run away with that division, honestly. And Judge is scary, man. That Aaron Judge. Kid. Aaron Judge is a guy that the MLB has been waiting for. He's because, a man child. Because we've heard for so long that. Oh, your best athletes in America, they're playing basketball. They're playing, you know, they're playing football. You know, you get LeBron James is six foot nine, you know, two seventy. Imagine him playing soccer or baseball. Now you've got Aaron Judge. He's and like six eight, two. When he stood 30. next to Chris Davis, uh when the when the Yanks and the Orioles were playing right around Memorial Day, and Chris Davis is a comic book hero. I mean, yeah. he's you yeah. know, six foot four, all American guy, Texan. He he makes a home run look like light exercise. <laughs> he stood next to Aaron Judge. <laughs> <laughs> he looks small. Yeah, dude. Because that's that was like one of the things about like Jason Hayward when he came up with uh, Atlanta. He was supposed to be, have this big bat and everything like that, but the bat didn't really come around. So he's a really good defender, but he he's pretty tall himself, six five, and he's like two thirty something, two forty. What's the difference between uh, uh, Hayward and all the Braves right now? Hayward has a World Series ring. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> take that, Atlanta. <laughs> Well, actually, Atlanta won that trade because when they traded Hayward and Walden to St. Louis, they got Shelby Miller, who had his like best year as a major leaguer, but he didn't have the record, so they flipped him for Dansby Swanson and like more prospects and Andrew Ciarte. Hayward won it because he got a. No, I'm talking about as a team because they flipped because Hayward Hayward was only there for one year. How's Dansby doing? He's struggling right now, but he's getting better. Around. Oh, he's always he's like, getting better. He, he's like, man, look that 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 statement attached to any team that's really sucking right now. They're not in the middle of the summer yet. It's just you know they're he's coming around. La- they're coming la- around. He's last, coming around. Last time I checked, he was batting 192. But this last month and uh, early part of this month, he's he's been batting better. Uh, defense still good, even though he's had a few uh, fielding issues. But he he'll get it figured out. His uh, batting average has been on the rise. He's actually batting two sixty seven for the month of June so far. So that's terrible. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, the NL East, man, they suck. He was batting one fifty six for the month in April, and then go one. And, well, and what was weird about Swanson? It was uh, every time he got because <laughs> every time he got like good contact, it always went to a player. And it was that was just been that was just, just this thing for like a month and a half. Atlanta's second. Yeah, Atlanta's in the second. NL East. The, with eleven and a half back, <laughs> because the Nationals already—we already knew that they were going to oh, run away. You know, if you're the Nats, go all in this year because there's no guarantee Harper's going to be back. Where do you well, think Harper got, goes? He's I've got heard... a contract for next season. You got to get something for him though, because yeah. if the guys—if you're not going to negotiate an extension with him, you got to flip him. Where do you? Where? Where in a perfect world is Harper good too? Because oh, he's going to go to the Yankees, and they're going to pay him like five hundred million dollars. I don't know because he could go to the Cubs. Yeah, I know he had that statement where he could. He'll like to his play dog, for Chicago. His dog is named Wrigley. 
I think that. But that'd be no good, one's going to pass up a major contract with the Yankees and but we're, we're, play at Yankee you're Stadium. You're missing a key point in this, though. He could be traded somewhere within the Nats. If say the Nats fall out of contention next year, they could trade him to the Cubs or something during at the deadline. Yeah, he can pick and choose pretty much where he wants to go at that point. Like a Zobrist. Yeah, yeah Zobrist. That's how Zobrist came with fit. the Royals, and then. Uh, won a World Series, but then we got went, ended up choosing to go to Chicago. Yeah, he's Joe Madden's guy, too. So. Sober's a great player. Can't hate him. No, can't Nashville native. Also, Vanderbilt baseball, making into the Super Regionals. Going to Corvallis. Sneaking one past the Tigers, man. That was a weird series. I'm not sneaking past them. I had a mud hole <laughs> stopping in that last <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, Matt Rupenthal In the last game, hell but the game. game before that? Oh, yeah, the one he had to produce. He had to stay here till <laughs> yeah. about 2 in the morning. That, yeah, and they got the hell beat out of him through it. <laughs> It was terrible. Yeah, they that's only, because what, they had to they had to the stretch into their yeah the rain delay, but they had to stretch into their their bullpen, which is and you know what that was kind of trash. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful move by Tim Corman because he preserved Matt Rubenthal. Didn't go all in on that on that second game because the game three Clemson had no pitching left. Yeah, they're pitching a guy on two days rest. Yeah, yeah. you know. But and I mean, and that and that was against the guy they uh, beat pretty handily the first time, or was it the second pitcher they? And I forgot who it was. Corbin's a Clemson guy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool win for him. Uh, him and O'Sullivan out of Florida. A lot of times, uh, or, or a lot of the, the the chatter is that they'll one day take the Clemson job. I don't see either of them leaving. The SEC it's, right now is such a class above. Uh, Corbin's and, and, Corbin's the guy that uh, Corbin will stay coaches, here for the rest of his career because he's already been here for what fifteen years. Yeah, so Tom, he's not going. Tom leave. Crean when he was in Indiana had Corbin come up, and when actually actually when he was with Marquette too had Corbin come up and talk to his team. Because he's one of those coaches that likes mm-hmm. having other coaches, yeah, you know, yeah. come in. And that was one of the cool things about when James Franklin was the head coach at Vanderbilt for football. He had Tim Corbin out there helping him recruit. And James Franklin, even though he moved to Penn State, um, he was actually at the SEC tournament, I believe, wearing a Vanderbilt jersey. Yeah, because he he and Corbin are really good friends. With coach's all these coach. SEC coaches, you know, wearing Predators gear, like you had Derek Mason, uh, Butch Jones, and the Predators still won, even though Butch Jones was there, and they played Rocky Top. I can't Saban. believe that. <laughs> they Saban. scored right after Rocky Top. Saban. And I keep waiting for, like, you know, when you had Charles Barkley representing Auburn there. I mean, at some point, you're going to see, like, James Franklin in – the NPPG Paints Arena wearing like a Predators jersey. <laughs> Why? Well, the Preds recruiting. Already, <laughs> the Preds already have the colors for the SEC. So there you go. I keep waiting for the one guy with that SEC flag to show up. But gentlemen, it is now time. <laughs> and now it's time for five tough questions. Brought to you by your ad here. Let's start with this. Keeping up on baseball. Number one, the Houston Astros right now are laying waste to the American League West and have the best record in all of Major League Baseball. Are you buying the Astros as a serious World Series contender on a scale of one to ten? Two. I don't think they have I don't think they have what it takes to go deep into the playoffs yet. So one round and none? Yeah. I'll go about three. You have to wait until July and the trade deadline. Yeah, see where they're at. I'm gonna go about six. Frankly, he's a little high on them. I'm, I'm 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 high on them because I think in that ballpark, you can swing the bat, you can beat anybody if you do it right. They probably have good whiskey there. That's why he likes it. It's Texas. That's <laughs> a tequila state. Number two, Pittsburgh's local media have really shown their ass during these playoffs, and I'm comfortable telling you that, especially KVDA, CBS Pittsburgh. I see your ass. Knowing, at us. <laughs> knowing what you know now, what is your least favorite? Sports city of media. 
Like, you don't like the Boston media, Pittsburgh media, Toronto media. Is there a city that, that you hate more than others? Uh, can you go first? Toronto. That's too quick. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto media. After they handled Wade Belak's, just Wade Belak's uh, passing and have just they harass people, Toronto. I, I, I want to say Tennessee. Like Knoxville? Knoxville. Because just the way they bounced around how they, you know, they don't, but Butch Jones really had, now he's getting the time, but even when he was, he was suffering, it's like he didn't have enough time to make his team yet. You know what I mean? And it's like they'll jump on anyone's neck, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach. And there's if so you, much infighting too. Yeah. I, I don't like the way they do it there. I don't really have one. Uh, I'll go with Pittsburgh because, yeah, like you said, they've been showing their ass <laughs> the last two games. So, yeah. No one's tougher than us. Yeah, I, I go with them. But the most hated team for the Preds is Chicago. But the Chicago media doesn't really rag on them that much. Uh, the, the, the radio stations there can be a bit obnoxious about how, you know, the Predators' ticket policy is. And never mind the fact that we, you know, we do a better job of imprisoning Chicagoans than they do. So. <laughs> Number three, Magic Johnson was recently quoted as saying that the Showtime Lakers would, quote, sweep the current Golden State Warriors, saying that the Lakers would just handle them. Do you agree with that? Pre- that was pre-AIDS Johnson, correct? As in, I don't like think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar time. in his 50s is going to be out there, or 60s, pardon me, is going to be out there dropping dimes and... and Running Draymond Green ragged. Are no, we, no, no, no. We're talking about the actual Showtime yeah. Lakers. I just want to talk about how Matt Johnson had AIDS and now he doesn't. What's up with that? No, anyway, he, he doesn't have AIDS. He has HIV. Oh, uh, difference. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that team was crazy, and the reason why they're called the Showtime is because what they did. And they, it's not they. I mean, you go to go to Brian's point. They played tougher teams back then, right, Brian? Well, Boston was much tougher, and they're. Uh, the regular, what, then, the regular season but, was tougher because the players weren't getting paid as much, so they're going to play harder. It's it's a that's one of the reasons why people don't. And that's one of the reasons why people like dumbass Colin Coward saying, "Oh, we have all this nostalgia when it comes to talking about the '90s and the '80s NBA." Well, you have to think there was hardly any money at that time. Now yeah. look at, especially with this new TV contract. Players like Matthew Delvadova is getting paid multi-million dollar deals, and he's a piece of crap. Hey, hey, locked up Steph last year. More than Kyrie's done. So far, yeah. Uh, but back to your question, it's hard to compare eras. Yeah. But I think if they play, if the Warriors, today's Warriors played 80-style NBA, Showtime Lakers would win. I think if they played in today's NBA, I think the Warriors would win. Yes. But, yeah, you're right. Defense is the big deal there. Can't compare eras because of defense. All right, let's see here. That Number, was only four, right? That, or that was three. That was Number three. four, wow. Wonder Woman has been a commercial success so far in the theaters. Have either of you seen it? I've seen no, it. I, I loved seen it. It, it was but so I want good. To. All right, so I far, was proud for women. <laughs> My woman self came out. Awesome. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> what has been your favorite comic book movie so far? Hmm. Iron Man 1, the first one. That was, I think, that, that one started the whole Avengers. That was everything that started that. And really, that kind of cinematic presence—that was always my favorite. But I mean, you could you could say Dark Knight, the, the second Dark Knight, with Heath Ledger. Yeah, I'll either go with the Dark Knight or uh, the sequel to Captain. America, the first sequel, the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier pretty much had like everything with in Bucky. It, so. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'll go. I'll lean with the Winter Soldier. That was pretty good. I'm gonna go X Men: Days of Future Past. Wow, Ooh, that was pretty good too. Uh, Wonder Woman was really good though. It was really, really. It, it, they they did such a good job of not over sexualizing Wonder Woman that I mean it's crazy how 
You, you gotta see it. That's one that we did the movie previews. That's one you gotta go see. see I, I, that's, that's probably gonna, gonna be the only movie in the DC universe that's gonna be any good. Yeah, because I've got a uh, well since uh, the Nolan Excuse brothers me. wrapped the game. <laughs> Superman vs Batman was great. Well, Justice League of America is gonna be, be- uh, amazing. The new Batman movie is gonna be awesome. Suicide Squad was so good. Suicide Squad was god awful. You're god awful. Well, if you watch the yeah. extended cut, it's actually pretty good. I'm not gonna sit through more of that. No, nah, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it was really good. The soundtrack they had with it was so it, good. The soundtrack. You know, Daredevil had a good soundtrack. Man, I couldn't <laughs> say that crap. No, that's that's way different. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. That was amazing. Uh, she's. That's my fetish. That's Question five. Said. Yeah. Question number five. <laughs> Speaking of, Carrie Underwood has been at the forefront of the the playoffs for the first time. <laughs> this is she? the first time that she has uh, really been a public presence as far as the. Um, as far as the Predators playoff goes, typically she's in her suite. She's not being at the forefront. She's just being a hockey wife. This season, though, singing the national anthem, doing NBC interviews, that's cool. Question two parts here. Number one, is anyone in Nashville cooler than Carrie Underwood? And number two, do you think this is going to be Mike Fisher's last season? No and yes. I. We're talking about people, right? Yeah, because I think any catfish right now gets the most attention out of anybody in Nashville. Okay, serious answer though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think I think Carrie Underwood's the newest uh, sport hero in Nashville, and uh, I I don't care if Mike Fisher's not there. I think Carrie Underwood would still show up. I wouldn't be surprised if Carrie Underwood would be the twelfth man this season for the Titans. Uh, you think they, they have? Yeah, they have. That, so maybe because the, two the, Titans, them, the two of them together. Yeah, maybe. the two of them together. Well, now you can't because do that. Because that would make 13. sense because his number's 12. So. Yeah. That wouldn't be able to work because that's 13, man. Well, you have. Now, when you talk you about Mike. It, so. Yeah. When you talk about Mike Fisher, Carrie Underwood comes with. Because that's what Carrie everyone's Underwood. seen the picture of Joe Dubin when he was interviewing Mike Fisher. And on the lower third, it says, is married to someone famous. <laughs> so you, I mean, but do you think I, I think Carrie Underwood's bigger than Mike Fisher? No, she oh, is. Of course. Well, Mike Fisher makes he makes a lot of money playing hockey. That's a tip jar. He's the Carrie captain. Underwood. Yeah, <laughs> he's the captain <laughs> of the Preds. Yeah. And you would think you would think right now Subban is the way that he gets brought up by by just the casual fan. Yeah, but that's hockey for you. You uh, don't you don't always you know it's not always the the high scoring guy. A lot of times it's you know the gritty old guy. And that play he made the other night was. Uh, was dynamite where he's uh, with that yeah. diving past Arvidsson. Yeah, someone I don't know if it was you on Twitter or not last night saying that uh, that was a guy wanting to win a Stanley Cup kind of pass. Yeah, loved that, it. That, that was. I mean, he's uh, whenever Mike Fisher scores, it's usually like this really incredibly gutty effort play. And he had a goal against the Kings a couple years ago, and it looked like you know he had unleashed a demon on the ice because given the visceral reaction to it. But would uh, you say he's a gym rat? Uh, yeah, you have to be <laughs> to be thirty-seven years old to have some of the injuries that he's had and play the way that he does. He plays this very beat-em-up style. Yeah, I think you have to be. And, um, I mean, he's one of those guys that, like, you look in the locker room, you're not going to outwork that guy. Hey, speaking of outworking. Yeah. Can't outwork this song. <laughs> this song is the – is this song a bigger song for working out to or, or like, sports? Or is uh, a Fort Minor – uh, 100%. You know what I'm talking about? That's not, what's the song that's uh, 90% luck, 20% skill, 100% power? Yeah, that's four minor. Yeah, yeah. yeah Which one do you think is bigger? 
far as like my person or list, or you're talking about just you know, I mean like in like the world sports uh, I can totally see some meatheads swinging ways to this oh yeah, yeah. I have <laughs> I'm not gonna lie hey thanks for listening to episode 16 in the books we are gonna make it to what, what, what's a what's a nice round number we want to 20 that's it <laughs> we got four more of these oh man anyway well hey enjoy a while last I am Zach Williams Brian Robertson Dan Bradley and this is After Dark Sports we're out right now that has forsaken us you should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this place So go ahead, go nuts, go ace Especially in my pastel on my place Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take